welcome back to The Ride Podcast. This episode is part of a six-part series with Warwick Schiller, where he breaks down training ideas. G'day everyone, I'm Warwick Schiller and welcome to a series of six podcasts where I'm going to be talking about some training ideas that really aren't training ideas. They're, they're more ways of looking at things. You know, I'm not going to talk about terribly specific training stuff here, but more each of these podcasts is going to be a bit of a topic where I will talk about some subjects I think that people really need to think about. And the first topic I want to talk about in this podcast is I want to quote an American philosopher named Wayne Dyer. And Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard that quote before, but it really has to do with your perspective on the world you get a reflection back of what that perspective is and I, I don't think there's any place that happens that it happens more apparently than with horses and you know if you if you view your horse's behavior as bad behavior you will act a certain way which will cause certain things to happen if you view your horse's behavior as a cry for help maybe, them telling you they're upset, they're concerned, they're worried, you know, they are a prey animal. So the thing you have to really understand about horses is they're never really, you know, a lot of people think, oh, my horse is out to get me and he's trying to put it over me and all those sorts of things. But really, horses' main concern is safety. That's the, you know, that's the number one concern. They are a prey animal. They are not like us who are the top of the food chain. They are part of the food chain and they evolved to really be aware of their surroundings and if something looks a bit suspicious, be very, very careful of it. And I'm going to give you a few stories about some things that have happened to me in my journey that will really illustrate this point and probably the first one I want to talk about I had a uh, you know and, and the thing I want to talk about here is horses well, you know one of the things that keeps a horse safe in a herd is not necessarily the physical the physicality of the herd it's not like the you know the if something attacks all the herds going to gather around them and fight them off for you sort of thing the thing that horses get from the herd is more the awareness of the herd. You know, if there's a herd of horses grazing and, you know, a horse is on the, the western side of that herd, if something approaches from the eastern side, that horse on the east side, his head will pop up and his energy will change and that energy will ripple through the whole herd and get, to the, get the message to the horse on the, on the east side even though he has not seen the, the problem on the other side. And so you have to understand that horses really read energy and they really read a lot about us. And so I think this is where we have to have to really take in our part of the equation. You have to understand that horses really read your energy. They read your intention. 
they can read your mind because what your mind's thinking about will come out in you physically. So, you know, but they're real. The point I'm trying to make here is their sense of safety comes from the awareness of the herd. And one thing that I've changed so much in the last five years is being really present when I'm around a horse, like being aware of what's going on as far as what's going on with them, what's go, you know, what their ears are doing, what their eyes are doing, you know, what their muzzles doing, what their breathing's doing, all that sort of stuff. And I and I really think not only can you read a horse better that way, but you know, if you're thinking about what's for dinner and what I'm going to do tomorrow and all that sort of stuff, your horse is very very aware of that. And you're not terribly present and they don't feel terribly safe around you because something could approach from your side and you wouldn't notice it because you're busy thinking about what's going on tomorrow and they'd be left to fend for themselves sort of thing. But I had an incident at a clinic in Texas a few years ago now and there was a Mustang at this clinic and he he has a, a slight bolting issue. Like he has a, a random bolting issue where he will, out of nowhere, he will have a bit of a random bolt. And... It was a three-day clinic. I don't recall what we did with him the first day, but we did some groundwork with him the first day. Uh, the second day, the owner was doing some groundwork with him, and she was asking him to, to disengage behind. So she was going to walk down his side and ask him to yield his hind end over, away from her. And, and when she went to do it, when she went to walk down that side, he turned his head and blocked her out. And she said, he's blocking me out now. What should I do? And I said, well, let me have a try of this. And this was about when I was really starting to buy into the whole when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change and instead of looking at that as a no like when he turned his head to block me from going down that side instead of me looking that as a no that i need to turn into a yes okay i looked at it as he was telling me he was concerned for some reason about me going down that side so i went to walk down that side of him he turned and blocked his head so instead of doing anything to tell him to get his head out of the way I actually stepped back away from him. I acknowledged that. I said, I see you. And there is a thing in um, psychology today. There's a, there's a, prof- a UCLA professor of psychology named Daniel Siegel. Uh, he's written a couple of really good books. One of them is called Mindsight. But uh, he talks about this thing called attunement, which is the sense of being seen and being heard. And there's a lady I know from Canada who's a, a trauma therapist named Sarah Schlotte, and she has expanded on that. And she says attunement is the sense of being heard, being being seen, being heard, feeling felt, and getting gotten. You know, someone who really understands you and gets what gets where you're coming from. That when people are like that with you, you're attuned. You feel comfortable. You feel safe around these people. And so with this horse, and I, you know, I learned all that in hindsight after. The story I'm, I'm about to tell you happened and a lot of other things happened, but it's a really big deal, this attunement thing. But So when this horse turned his head to block me out, instead of fixing it, which I would have done in the past, I saw that as him communicating his level of concern to me. And so I stepped back and I waited for a minute. And I waited till, I can't remember what I did, whether he licked and chewed, blinked, lowered his head, one of those things to tell me that he's a little bit less concerned. And then I tried it again and he blocked me out. So I stepped back and you know waited for him to be a bit less concerned and this went on oh for probably five to ten minutes i'd say and then all of a sudden i can walk down the side of me and doesn't turn and block me out 
And right then, this horse has been ridden for, you know, quite a few years, six years, I think. He's been out of the wild. He's nine years old. So you, you should be able to touch him without any problems. So I walked down his side, and instead of disengaging him, I just reached out to put my hand on his wither or his neck just in front of his wither. And as I did, he raised his head up half an inch. And so I took my hand away and stepped back and waited for him to <sighs> relax again. And so I, then I did it again and did it again and did it again until I could actually approach him and put my hand on him. He didn't raise his head up. So then I went back to the front and said, okay, I wonder after I've done that, can I walk down the side? I walk down the side, he lets me. Um, I put my hand on his neck, he doesn't brace up at all, he doesn't have any tension at all. I'm like, okay. So then I go and I go in and ask him to disengage and he does that perfectly fine. And I really, to me, I thought, you know what, the reason he didn't want to disengage, no, the reason she, he was blocking us out is because he doesn't want to disengage. So I thought, now that I've asked him to disengage, when I go back to the front again, He's going to block me out. But I went back to the front, walked down the side. He didn't block me out. I disengaged him, went back to the front, walked down the side, didn't block me out. So I handed him back to the owner and said, yeah, there, there you go. It's, I'm not sure what I did, but it, he's not doing it now. And she said, what do you want me to do with him? And I said, oh, I'll just hang on him for five minutes, you know, just let him chill for a minute. And I went and helped somebody else in the clinic. And after about 10 minutes, I hear this collective, <gasps> this gasp from the everybody in the clinic and I turned and I looked and this horse has buckled at the knees and dropped to his belly and he's he's going to sleep in the dirt and he slept oh for about an hour and a half that day till we woke him up at lunchtime put him away and the next morning he came in for the morning group and she said what do you want me to do with him I said I oh, just hang on to him and see what he does he buckled at the knees went down and fell asleep and slept for four hours in the arena with the loudspeaker on and horses riding around and all that stuff and the previous day when he laid down and went to sleep for the, the first time, I said to her, is, he, is that normal? Like, it's not unusual if it's normal. And she said, I've seen him lay down once in six years. And uh, he was laying down and I, t I showed up and he jumped right up, but I never seen him lay down. And I came home from that clinic and looked up sleeping, you know, sleeping habits of horses and things like that. And we all know horses can sleep standing up with their joints locked, but it's not a real deep sleep. It's just a, it's a shallow sort of a light sleep. And in order to get that deep restorative REM sleep, they have to lay down and they need about 20 to 30 minutes a day from what I've read. And it appears to me that this horse hadn't laid down a long time, so hadn't got enough REM sleep. And funnily enough, the bolting problem went away after that. He's never had a bolting problem since. That was three or four years. I think it's almost four years ago now. He hasn't bolted since. And that was my first big wow. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Like that's the first time I ever got a, a drastic change out of a horse and I didn't do anything to him. I didn't tell him to not do something or I didn't teach him to do something. I just listened to him. And another uh, a story about something like that is a lot of people have trouble with their horses nipping them and bumping with their nose and putting their teeth on them and things like that. And I've always treated it as biting and, and, you know, I've let them kind of bump into my elbow and stuff like that. But a few years ago, my wife bought a, a new reining horse and he was very mouthy and kind of anxious, like chewing on his lead rope, chewing on all sorts of things, including us. And instead of looking, I changed the way I looked at this. Instead of looking at it like he is trying to bite me, I looked at it like he's trying to engage with me. And I would just gently when he would reach out with his muzzle to my hands I would just rub him around the muzzle really softly 
And I did this every day with him for a couple of months. And after a while, all the biting went away. And we've had a number of horses since that I've done it with. And I've, you know, I put videos on YouTube about this. And I've had so many emails and messages from people that say, my horse has been like that forever. And, you know, about a month after I started engaging with him, he, he stopped biting. And so if you think about those two things right there, bolting and biting, you would think those two things would require some training to fix, okay? And neither of these two situations, and I'm not saying that's all bolting, but in this case it worked, um, both of these situations, it required me to look at things completely differently. Instead of looking at something as a problem that I need to solve, I looked at it as communication as to how they were feeling. And yeah, it's it's just been mind-boggling. It's, it's totally changed the way I interact with horses. And it's one of those things, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And uh, yeah, so that, you know, the, the, but that biting one's very, 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 very common. And uh, it takes a while because sometimes that they want to interact with you quite a bit. And it can, it's, it's probably a good, it's a good practice in acceptance. You know, acceptance is a good thing to have in your life, to be able to accept things as they are and not get all bent out of shape about what's going on. And the biting one or the mouthing one, that's, that's a, it's a, it's a practice because every day, like my wife's got a new reigning horse now and, um, he was quite shut down when we got him, but then we got him out of that and then he was really mouthy. And like, I'd go to saddle him and his mouth would come around and have, I've had the saddle halfway on, but I've got to rub him on the mouth and take the saddle off and go on again. And this went on for months, but after a few months, it uh, went away and now he, he's, he's not mouthy at all. And he's a stud too, uh, but he's not mouthy at all now. And, uh, but it, it just takes some time and it's almost, it's almost like a, you don't get the reward at the end if you cannot if you cannot just work through the the place where you think you're not getting anywhere and that's that's probably going to be the subject of my next podcast which will be called what then but i'll leave that one for next time so i hope this um thinking about when you change the way you look at things the think things you look at change i uh, hopefully that's planted a little seed in your mind because it it needs a, a seed planted and it needs to grow for a while because it's not something you can just wrap your head around right away but I, I I will promise you that if you can wrap your head around it when it finally sinks in uh, it will make a whole difference in not only your horse's life but uh, your life as well so thanks for joining me and we'll see you on uh, the next episode of the horse and rider podcast thank you guys for tuning in to this special episode of the ride stay tuned as we release regular episodes of the ride podcast if you enjoyed this episode with Warwick please email us at horseandrider at aimmedia.com to let us know.